the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Our Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Even when we are faithless, you are faithful. Even when we change, you remain unchanging. And your love for us remains the same. We thank you, God, for your mercies, which are new every morning. So as we turn to your word today, would you speak to us and would you encourage us? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Today, our reflection is about dealing with disappointment. Uh, we all know that disappointments are a part of life. It's something we all experience from time to time. And none of us are immune to its effects. One definition of disappointment uh, describes it as the sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. And so it's saying that disappointment is something we experience when our hopes and expectations are left unmet. Oftentimes as Christians, when we experience deep disappointment, what we also tend to experience is a gap between what we know about God and what he tells us about himself and our present experience. What we know about God rationally isn't something that we know experientially. And so there's a gap between what we know and what we experience. For example, we know that God is our healer. But then there are times where we're desperate for God to heal, but our prayers, they seem to be left unanswered. Or another example is that God promises to be a provider, but then you continue to remain unemployed. And so it's very possible for us to know in our heads that God is good and that he cares for us, but then not know that in our hearts. And this can often be the case when we're facing deep disappointment. There's a very real gap and it becomes hard for us to really believe deep down inside that God is good and that he truly cares for us. And when this happens, it can be something that we find extremely unsettling. However, one thing that we can learn from the Psalms is that God invites us to be honest with him. He invites us to be honest with him and he allows us to bring before him all our, dis all our disappointments because he already knows exactly how it is that we feel and he's big enough to handle it. And so God isn't going to get mad with us for admitting our disappointments, even if we're disappointed with him. But instead, he invites us to tell him exactly how we feel. And often it's only after we choose to surrender our hurts and disappointments to God that we begin to experience his healing and know him as our comforter. If you read the Psalms, one thing you'll notice is that many of them begin with lament but end with praise. The psalmists, they don't repress what they feel and neither do they pretend that things are okay when they're not. And so there's a lot that we can learn uh, from them about how to manage some of the powerful emotions that we so often experience. So let's look at our passage today, which is Psalm 43.
vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are my God, why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. And so right from the start, from verse 1, the psalmist is crying out to God for vindication. He cries out to God to plead his cause. And the reason why he's crying out is because God doesn't seem to be doing anything. Essentially, he's saying, God, where are you when I need you? Where are you when wicked people surround me and I've been unjustly accused? And going on to verse 2, we can see the gap moment that the psalmist has. He acknowledges rationally that God is his stronghold. But then he says, why have you rejected me? And now if that isn't blaming and accusing God, then it's probably not too far off. And so he says, why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? And so the first thing the psalmist does is he laments. He is disappointed with God. He doesn't feel that God is doing his job properly. And if we were to be honest, that's probably something that most of us have felt at one point or another. We feel let down by God, but because it's God, we feel like we shouldn't feel that way. And then we end up unintentionally repressing our disappointments. Everything we feel becomes pushed down into our subconscious. And when that happens, though we may not be aware of it, the disappointment, it's still there. And it actually hinders our pursuit of God. And so that's why it's so important for us to learn to lament and to be honest with God. If we want to move forward in faith, we must first work through our disappointments. Before we can be healed, we need to admit that there is a wound. We need to take time to grieve what we thought um, should have happened in order to leave it behind and move on. We are to work through our disappointments. And here's the thing. It is actually a mark of maturity to be able to be honest with our feelings. A Christian who is mature will be quick to bring their disappointments before God. And that's the best way for our disappointments to be dealt with, by bringing them before God in prayer. And so that's the first thing. Don't pretend you're okay when you're not. Don't repress, but instead be quick to lament and bring your disappointments before God. Uh, just think about the great King David. He was a giant slayer, he was a, a mighty warrior, but yet he was probably uh, one of the biggest emos in scripture. And so it's okay for us to be honest with our feelings before God. So let's move on. In verse 3 to 4, we can see the psalmist's lament 
progressing into praise. We see the psalmist's lament progress into praise. He's already taken time to be honest before God. And because of that, he doesn't descend into deeper disappointment. But he ascends and continues to turn towards God. He doesn't say to God, fine, if you're not going to help me, then screw you. I don't want anything to do with you. He doesn't say that. He says, send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. And so his lament progresses into praise. During the times where God allows us to experience hardship and disappointment, remember that it isn't meaningless. There's always a reason. When Jesus cries out to his father in Gethsemane, he asks him to, to take this cup from me. And his father doesn't because there was a reason why Jesus had to go to the cross. Now, in a way, this is the same for us because God never allows us to go through anything unless it can be used. He never allows anything to come into our lives unless it can be used. It says in Romans 8.28 that we know that in all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And that includes our pain, our trials, and our disappointments. Now it's true that God is more than capable of changing our situations with a click of his fingers. But what he wants is for us to grow in maturity. He wants us, like the psalmist, to ascend, to grow in our faith and our character by being tried and tested. And so even though we may not like them, our trials and disappointments serve a purpose. God doesn't allow anything to come into our lives unless it can be used. And another thing we need to remember is that during our gap moments, during the times where there is a gap between what we know and what we experience, we need to choose to see with the eyes of faith. We are called to live by faith and not by sight. And what that means is that we are to be sure of what we hope for and we are to have an assurance of what we do not see. It says in Hebrews 12 too, that it was for the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross. And so Jesus wasn't just looking at what was happening in Gethsemane. He wasn't just looking at what was happening to him on the cross. He wasn't just looking at his present experience, but he looked beyond all that to the promise of the future joy that was set before him. And likewise for us, when we face trials, hardships and disappointments, we endure and we work through it, first by being real with our feelings and bringing them before God, but then by looking beyond what is happening to us, looking beyond our present experience to the future joy that we have been given in Christ. So the joy of becoming more like him, the joy of growing in godliness, the joy of knowing that though outwardly we are wasting away, that inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We look forward to the joy that 
the good work that God has begun in us, he will bring to completion. And that there will be a day when we will be with him and all our disappointments will finally come to an end. We're told in 2 Corinthians 4, do not lose heart. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. And so we are to press through our disappointments, knowing that beyond the pain, that joy comes in the morning. It is by looking with the eyes of faith that we are able to challenge our feelings. And then we can say to ourselves, why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. So today, if you're feeling weary and burdened by disappointment, God invites you to be honest with him. He invites you to turn to him and cast upon him all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns because he cares deeply about you and he promises to give you rest. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have told us that in this world we will have trouble, but to take heart because you have overcome the world. When we feel disappointed, would you help us not only to look at our circumstances, but to look to you. Give us courage to be honest with you and help us to bring to you all our longings and all our desires and lay them at your feet. And help us to do that daily, help us to do that again and again and again and to trust you with the outcome as well. So we thank you that you're a God who cares for us. We thank you that in all you do, you're working for our good and for your glory. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.